Welcome to the Multifamily Hangout, your gateway into the vibrant world of multifamily living. Are you ready to join industry leaders, exploring challenges, discovering solutions, and sharing invaluable wisdom? Our hosts, Adrian Danila and Nada Urias, will be your guides through these enriching conversations. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. We are live here from the Multifamily Hangout Studio. I'm your host, Adrian Danila, right here with my brilliant co-host, Nada Urias. Nada, take it away. Hey, Adrian. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being part of episode number two. So if you were at episode number one, we won't have the same mix-up this time. We have our guest here on time, and her name is Savannah Wheeler. She is the big boss. The big boss, the CEO of Apartment Snapshot, and she is also Multifamily Hangout sponsor. So we appreciate her and Apartment Snapshot very, very much. But we definitely are excited to get into speaking with her, learning more about her, her company, what she does, and so much more. So Savannah, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. And please, Savannah, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about some great things that are happening at Apartment Snapshot. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Savannah, and that's a pretty easy start there. Um, as of my thing says, I am a data geek. I love data, all things data. I love telling stories with data. And I've been in um, real estate since I was 18. I've been in multifamily for 18 years-ish, 17 years, maybe. Um, I lost count at this point, but um, I've been on the owner side and investment management. I've been on the management side. Now I'm on the vendor side. So uh, seeing all angles there and and I've been, I've done finance, IT, um, software support, accounting. So usually back office functions. Now I get to do a lot more networking and meeting uh, people in our industry. So that's been super exciting. I've been with Apartment Snapshot for a year and a month and a half. October 1st was the year. And we are really excited about our platform and bringing this to the multifamily industry. We're a gamified performance and employee engagement platform. So we're really trying to build a tool that works in the natural workflow of all of the teams and is a tool that people will actually use and will get engaged and understand their performance better. So I'm really excited about it. It's a passion of mine to help people who aren't data geeks like me understand their performance and get excited about it. Savannah, the next question is technology, right? That's what you do right now, technology. Technology could be a great support for property management companies if properly vetted. What are some things that property operators should consider when vetting new technology? One of the most important things is... Um, you know, obviously technology exists to solve a problem of some sort, and we all have problems that need to be solved, but it doesn't help if the teams, if, if it's not intuitive to the teams that are, are needing to use it. Right. And um, I think in the tech industry, I've always been confused about the term disruptive, right? I think disruptive is 
meant to mean like innovative or um, doing things differently and outside of the box. But a lot of times technology can really truly be disruptive to your workflow, to what you need to do. And instead of being part of your natural routine and your natural workflow or the way that you think about things, you need to retrain your brain on this new technology and how to do it. And our team members, especially the on-site team members, they're they're moving and grooving every day. Like they got their stuff going. They're they're making it happen. And when you introduce new technology, you need to ask the team what their actual pain points are and um, what their ideas are to solve them. Like what would be helpful to them instead of you know, chasing a shiny new toy that um, promises to solve a problem, but not betting out and doing a pilot or, you know, having your seasoned managers or maintenance teams or leasing teams actually try it out or be on the demo to understand how they would feel if it would help them on their day to day. Right. Um, I think having run an IT department and implemented my fair share of technology in our industry. Um, we, I've experienced a lot of, you know, false starts, so to say, you know, like we're implementing technology and we think it's going to solve the problem and the executives are all on board. And then it's like, this is not working. It's all, everybody hates it. Nobody's using it. It's not actually solving the problem. It's causing more pain points, right? And um, not to say there's a lot of great technology out there and I'm not talking down about any of it, but I think it's important for when you're vetting out new technology to talk to your teams about, you know, the people who are actually experiencing the pain points and who are using the technology about, will this work in your natural flow of doing your job, you know, because you don't want them to have to train on a bunch of software and have a bunch of logins and stuff like that, which I think is the next thing is like how it integrates with your stack, right? Your, all of your technology, because I've been listening to all these podcasts and at Optech, there are a bunch of uh, panels on this and stuff. And it is mind blowing, how many logins people have to systems. And um, I think those are the two areas that I think are really going to make technology successful in your business is understanding the people who are using it and making sure that it fits in their normal workflow and making sure it fits in your, your stack and being conservative on how many different systems so Savannah, uh, two things that I got uh, out of your response, right? One of them, you mentioned the end user in more than one occasion. The second thing you mentioned, the number of logins that someone has to have. So I'm gonna do a follow-up question that's actually two questions. The first one is, how can we change things up in our environment where typically a tech company starts by hiring you know, people that write code, so they develop a product, they build a product and they also, Secondly, they hire salespeople, but then in between, the end user is nowhere represented. So you have people that write code that never been the end user, and then you have people that are trying to sell a product thinking, hey, this is going to be great, but they also never been the uh, end user. And the second one, you mentioned tech stock and so many 
logins. I heard at Uptech a couple of weeks ago that you know there are companies that have between 40 something and 63, up to 63 different uh, pieces of technology that their leasing agents, which are entry level employees, have to be proficient in. You know, that's like beyond ridiculous. So we, we actually end up today punishing people by technology. So how, how would you respond to this uh to these two cha- I guess challenges or questions? I think that um you know, I mean, obviously being on the vendor side, I'm seeing a whole new struggle to that. And even though I came from the management side and I experienced these pain points and and talked to the teams about them regularly to build my own stack, I've really uh, you know, I encourage other vendors too, like your clients are your best resource, right? And I hold monthly office hours to talk to our our tool is specifically designed for on-site teams to use. And so I hold office hours and with the on-site teams for them to ask questions, to provide training. And I always, always, always ask how 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 frequently do you log in? And what parts of the app do you not like, right? Like, what don't you like about it? What is hard for you? What is difficult for you? Because if you're not asking that question, then you're not evolving your app or your software to meet the needs of the people who are using it, you know? And it's a challenge. I think there's a lot of ways different companies go about it, like having an industry partner. you know, I I watched a podcast with Virginia Love recently, and she's, I think, an industry partner for Entrada. And she was, you know, really speaking a lot about um, how to address that issue specifically. And I think, you know, we as an industry, at the vendor side of the industry has a lot of work to do to not just uh, focus on, you know, sales and getting our product out there and competing against our other vendors in the market, but to truly listen and ask those questions, you know, what don't you like about this? What is the pain point that you still experience, right? Because I think that's a question that's not being asked, especially of the onsite teams, but there's a lot of complaining that the onsite teams don't use the technology or don't log in or, you know, and I think listening is a, a huge component of that. Um, and then as far as the multiple logins goes, I think we have a long way to go, um, with working together and especially some of the larger partners in our industry of technology to access data and to integrate our platforms and to work together so that if people want to use your software, that you're already part of an ecosystem that shares the same nomenclature, right? Like the common terms that everybody is using and the common reporting format and, you know, common commonalities between different systems and being able to use, utilize things like single sign-on or um, partner with other applications so that you can access pieces of other tools that you use within one platform, which is something we're really focused on. And we've been partnering with a lot of other or reaching out to a lot of other vendors in our space to partner to get the data into our system in one place and to access different 
tools within an app that people are already using and logging into. So I think collaboration and partnership on on the vendor side. And, you know, I think, again, I'll reference Optech because we just went there. But um, I was really kind of excited about the frustrations that were being expressed openly at a lot of the panels and discussions by operators. You know, I think it was it it's been for a long time like is there a technology that solves my problem and I'll go look for it, but I think more than ever operators are like there's a problem here and it's not being solved with this technology and I think that's really great to hear people speak up about it, you know, about the frustrations that they're having. So Savannah, before I ask the question, I just want to ask the audience to show Apartment Snapshots some love and write Apartment Snapshots in the in the comments. And don't forget, guys, that you can also win a $50 gift card thanks to Apartment Snapshots. So if you want to get a chance to win that gift card, write Apartment Snapshot in the comments. And you will be in that raffle for that $50. I just want to ask you about in terms of like data, since I know that you're the, the, the data geek, right? So tell me about like real-time data. We know that it's a game changer for decision-making. How does technology in the multifamily industry make it possible to access data in real time? And what benefits does this offer property managers and owners? I think that, again, it's a huge, a huge mountain that we need to climb. And uh, I'll... I'll shout out with to uh, Ruth in the comments. She said, um, I think it might be due to the lack of integrations with major property management systems. And I, I will agree with that. I think uh, our data in our, in the multifamily industry is on lockdown in a lot of cases. And so it, what it does is it creates a redundancy because you need to recreate the same data with a different system because you can't access it from the other system, right? And then it causes inconsistencies. And then our data is very, the term I use is dirty, right? It's dirty data. And uh, it becomes very difficult when you have different systems who are built on different types of databases who are storing the same information in different ways and calculating it differently. And it's extremely frustrating when you're like, I just want to know what my occupancy is, right? I just want to know whatever the number I want to know and why can't I just get that number, you know? And so I think as the frustrations are being expressed, it's going to force the technology companies to address those pain points that operators are having. And part of that is to collaborate on this effort of bringing data together and making it more transparent and making it more consistent and cleaning it. And I think the technology can do that, right? But it will take a while for us to get there and it will take a lot of collaboration. From Apartment Snapshots perspective, we are attempting to help in that by taking data from all different systems, the PMS system, the CRM system, the revenue management system, the reputation management system, the, you know, you name it, and standardizing it 
and presenting it in one easy to understand format so that you don't have to go to 63 different systems to log in and pull a report and see how you're doing in one for one metric, you know, it per system. And so that's how we're trying to solve it. And it's, it's a beast, gotta be honest. Like it's, it's not easy to do in our industry. Um, I think uh, when I was on uh, Evan's podcast a while ago, I think he made the reference to Zapier, um, which is a tool that that works everywhere except in the multifamily industry <laughs> to interchange data between your systems. But um, we don't have that yet. So hopefully at some point we do. But the way that we're tackling it is just, you know, bringing it all in and displaying it in one one place. Savannah, the next question. Before we go to the next question, I do want to ask for everybody in the audience, the main reason why we do these events live uh, is to have you participate in an event, not just by watching the conversation, but becoming an active part of the conversation. If at any given point you have a question for Savannah, please drop it in the com uh, comments. We're going to watch the comment box and then we're gonna ask the question on your behalf for uh, to Savannah. So the next question, Savannah, is what would it make uh, a technology company a good partner for a property management uh, operator in 2023? What are some top, top things that you think will make a tech company a great partner for uh, a PM company? Number one, listening, right? listening to the pain points of our industry, doing your research, reading articles on NAA, participating in the sessions at conferences and listening to the pain points, specifically the ones that you hope to address so that you can understand the end user that you are building for. I think the ease of implementation is another one. You know, I've implemented a lot of systems that take what seem like decades to implement, you know, <laughs> it's like, you're just working on this forever. And you're like, when are we going live? Um, so I think having focusing on how you can get up and running as quickly as possible, um, even if it's, even if it's without all of the customizations or the bells and whistles or the features, just being able to get in there, get users in there, get feedback about the system, and then add those customizations after the fact as people get used to it. Because if people are enjoying a system, they will be full of ideas, right? They're like, hey, can it do this? Can it do that? Can we do this? Can we, you know? And so those customizations can come later. But I think being able to implement quickly and easily is important to the pain factor of, of technology. And then also integrating with their, their tech stack, right? Understanding what other tools do you use and how can I make this integrate in a way that it seems not adding to the burden, right, to, of the 63 logins that you already have, you know. Um, single sign-on is great, especially the majority of companies in our industry use Microsoft and Active Directory is really easy to connect to. So 
being able to just log in with your Microsoft email login instead of remembering a new password and creating a username and all of that is definitely helpful. And then, like I said, if we can all get on board with what we call things, you know, like uh, operators are on board, they all call things the same thing, you know, all the time. Um, But I've, I've had experience with different systems who are like, we're going to call it this other thing. And uh, I think if we could get on board with the common nomenclature of our industry, that would be important too, because we have to empathize with the on-site team members who are dealing with so much every single day and have are busy a hundred percent of the time and then needing to train themselves on 63 different systems. That's crazy. (laughs) And Savannah, I'm so glad that you talked about implementation because in my years, I have implemented HR systems as well. And I know that it can be exciting because it's something new and, you know, you are going with the times and you're just upgrading and how you work and just working smart, not hard. But I know that it also can be frustrating when you're on the implementation, the design side of things. So, and I know in, in your role, you've definitely helped to implement, right? So when we're talking about implementing new technology within you know, property management, what are some common challenges that a company may face during the vetting process and how can they overcome these hurdles? When it, when it comes to implementation, if you have an easy implementation, it becomes easy for a company to do a pilot of a couple of properties, right? And if it's easy to get them up and running and you can get them up and running quickly, they can pilot the program and again, answer those other questions like, does this actually work for my teams? Is this actually solving the problem that I thought it would solve? Is it working with the natural workflow of our team? Is it just, or is it just another login, right? Um, And ask, being able to ask those questions before you commit to putting it on your entire portfolio helps with that mystery component of like, I think this will solve our problem. Let's uh, sign this year contract and implement it and then realize three months in that it's actually not solving any problem, you know? Um, So I think partnering with, with companies that allow you to test it out and get feedback and, and do some sort of piloting um, that has always been, in my experience, even on on the PM side, um, I have always pushed vendors to, hey, we need to pilot this first. I need to get some feed, real live feedback from the teams before we move forward because it's painful enough to have so many systems for the teams, but then you add in the factor of changing out systems frequently and that just becomes it just leads to burnout you know savannah uh there's a saying what you couldn't what you can measure you can't improve so i want to talk a little bit about kpis and to me kpis are super important how can technology make kpis available at the site level or individual level without making them boring or hard to understand and i'm thinking 
Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're all about trying to make it fun at Apartment Snapshot. And we are, uh, we have a lot of fun behind the scenes as a team, just trying to find fun ways to add to the experience and get people excited about it. Um, I think, you know, I, I have small kids at home and I can share a real live example of um, that at any age, it doesn't matter how gamification can help you and transparency on your performance can help you. My nine-year-old son, he had a parent-teacher conference and didn't wasn't doing so good focusing in class. And the teacher informed us of this. And so I asked him afterwards, like, what do you think motivates you, right? What would motivate you to pay attention more in class? And he's like, treats, treats motivate me. <laughs> and I was like, great. So I went to the teacher and I said, hey, can you do a daily checklist? Like, a, just check it off. Did he do good or not? And if he did good, I will give him a treat, right? It's the same as like training your dog, right? Let's give him a treat if they do good. And I I started this two weeks ago and this week he has not gotten a single X on his, on his tracker. And it's because he sees real time, how he's doing, what he's doing. And if he, if it's good or not so good, and then he knows where to improve and where to focus the following day or the following week on where to improve. And I think, you know, from apartment snapshot standpoint, we're, bringing KPIs in from potentially 63 different systems, right? Into one spot, one spot. So you can see at one view what my scorecard is. Like, this is my scorecard. These are where I'm, this is where I'm doing good. This is where I'm not doing good. And also prioritizing it to say, this is where my company really wants me to focus. And so it helps you understand where you can focus to have the, the biggest impact, right? And having it all in one spot, instead of having to log into multiple systems and look at different reports is helpful. But then being able to benchmark yourself against all of the rest of the portfolio, but in a way where it's like, you know, your focus, your property is a lease up. It's focused on leasing activity. My property is a stabilized asset. I'm focused on retention, but our different KPIs might be different benchmarks for us, but we're being scored on our ability to achieve the KPIs. And then that score makes us apples to apples and we can cheer each other on, like get after that leasing girl, get after it, you know? And so I think specifically, Adrian, you can back me up on this one, but the maintenance teams that are using our app are so excited about it, right? They're excited because they have not really understood how their performance is being measured in the past, right? And they are able to see in one glance what I'm being measured on and how I'm doing I get on that. Right. And so when I have my office hours and maintenance teams show up, maintenance supervisors are the highest attendee, by the way, on my office hours. And they show up and they tell me I log in every single day. 
I am checking my KPIs and they're reaching out. They're looking at the leaderboard and they're seeing the properties that are doing better than them. And they're reaching out to those sister properties and being like, what are you doing? How can I, how can I catch up to you? How are you getting these things, you know, done so quickly or so well? Um, And so I think that technology can help and make that fun where it's, it's a little bit of competition. It's also a little bit of peer motivation, like keep it up. You're doing great. And also just being able to reap some benefit from your hard work, right? We just released our reward store. You can earn points and then redeem them in the gift store for whatever it is you want. And you can choose to save them up to get something big, or you can choose to just spend them as you get them. But that way it's not some, it's not like a, a superficial pat on the back. It's like, I, I worked hard for this and I get to choose how to reward myself. Yeah. Which I'm glad that you talked about that because I mean, nowadays being that your platform also is a gamified platform, I think it provides a very different level of experience for people where it's not boring, right? It's meant to be engaging. It's meant to be fun. Um, And I think that that's what people want nowadays too, is not just a just a standard old, old way that we used to do it. That leads me into my next question, right? So if we're talking about personal achievements and goal tracking, uh, which they have been historically challenging, right? How can technology address this issue, making it transparent and user-friendly for property management teams to track and achieve their goals? I think part of the, the problem of being able to track goals is that, you know, often they're set at the beginning of the year and then a lot can happen throughout the year and you're dealing with different owners and they have different goals and different types of properties have different types of goals. And it's can be a little bit overwhelming to track all of the different goals that you have and your progress towards them, especially when you have so many systems that you're tracking in. When when data is standardized and when you apply a point value to a measurement of your success towards the goals, then you can achieve overall goals, right? At Apartment Snapshot, we have multiple ways to be able to track and achieve goals. We have personal KPIs that you can track. We have challenges that we just released as well. So if there's a company-wide goal and we're like, hey, you know, the market's haywire right now and we need to focus on resident retention. So we're going to put out a bonus or we're going to put out, you know, 2000 reward points to everyone who, you know, drives their resident retention up by 1% you know, 1% drive up your resident retention by that much over a three month period or something like that, then you get uh, this spot bonus or these reward points or something like that. A lot of times communication is also sometimes an issue when everyone's going a mile a minute at corporate and at on site. whatever the goals are, are not always clear. We're all just trying to do everything all the time. Right. And I, we offer the ability for companies to prioritize the KPIs so that the teams can know where 
we need to focus also to have those challenges. If a new challenge comes out, it's a clear communication that my company wants us to focus on resident retention and is willing to pay me to achieve that, right? And it helps to focus people on everything is always important, right? But what's most important right now, you know? And that might change and our platforms designed to change over time and you can change the KPIs or the weight or of those KPIs or anything like that very easily. But that that is something that I think really helps the teams come together and be focused on the same thing at the same time. You said my company wants me to focus on resident retention. Uh, I'll say before we focus as operators, right, as management companies on resident retention, because that obviously, you know, brings us money, not having to spend money on terms, vacancy laws, so on and so forth. Shouldn't we focusing, shouldn't be focusing on employee retention, right? So we don't have a revolving door. We create some ne- legacy knowledge out there. And the more people we have staying longer, that influences the resident retention too, right? That's the first part of the question. You know, you being in the past an operator, you know, at a highest level, an executive. And then second of all, how can technology help with that, with employee retention? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, our industry has historically been had a high turnover rate. And there's various reasons why people leave to go somewhere else. Sometimes it's, you know, my property was sold. I don't like the new company that came in. Sometimes it's um, relocation. You know, I sometimes it's I just am offered more money somewhere else. Um, and some a lot of times it's that they either don't feel like there's room to grow or they they don't know there's not that transparency of how they're performing or that they're doing a good job, or it's just, they're showing up every day. They're busting their, you know what, and they're, you know, doing the best they can, but they, they don't see the recognition for it. It's just an expectation. And I think that being able to have the transparency on how you're doing and where you need to improve helps you self-evaluate. You don't have to worry about showing up to your quarterly review and having someone tell you, hey, you're actually sucking at your job right now. And you had no idea. You had no idea you and you're you're working really hard. You just maybe weren't working on the right things or needed some extra training and you thought you were doing a good job. and turns out you're not. And um, I think having that transparency makes a huge difference for people. And if they're in a position where they feel like they have the ability to succeed, even if there's not a position necessarily for them to grow into right now, they know every day, they know how to succeed in their job, makes a huge difference in them making a decision to stay or to leave, you know? And I think having that recognition of even small wins, you know, like, Hey, we increased our X, Y, or Z by three points this month. Like that's awesome. You know, and having that camaraderie is really great. 
And then I don't know what I was watching or listening to recently, but somebody said, if you have a friend at work, was it Alex last year? It was last episode. I think it was. If you have a friend at work, then you're likely to stay. Right. I think Alex said that last week. And, um, with, if I think back to, like I was saying, the maintenance teams, they're reaching out to their sister properties and it, they're developing a camaraderie over their shared experience of these metrics that they all have to achieve and they all struggle at some points in achieving them, but they're working together even across properties to reach out and say, hey, can I pick can I pick your brain on these challenges we're having? And then they develop that sense of community and they have friends at work and they they will stay, you know, but you have to build that. I'm not alone. Right. Like if I'm struggling with occupancy, I'm struggling with my financial KPIs. I'm struggling with this. We've all been there like you know, you're not alone. We can all root each other on and drive in the same direction. So Savannah, you have been telling us a lot about Performance <laughs> Snapshot and what you all do. I want to know what's your favorite thing about it? What do you love? Like, what's your favorite part of, or, you know, whatever it is, tell me about like, what's your favorite thing about Apartment Snapshot? is the gamification. Like when I was a kid, I always loved video games and me and my husband play video games and me and my kids play video games and we play board games and all that. And even at home, I have our chores gamified (laughs) and I'm, I'm always, uh, in my whole career, I've been, you know, back office data geek. Right. And, um, I know that I, I'm lucky to understand data and to love data and to be able to, you know, work with that every day. But I feel lucky. There are a lot of people who have a lot of superpowers that I wish I had, and I hope they feel lucky about that too. But I think it has always been my mission to help other people who don't see data the way that I do understand data easily. Right. And I think my favorite part about Apartment Snapshot is getting on those office hours and talking to on-site team members who are so super jazzed about <laughs> looking at their data. Like I have been in the position of like, you know, of being responsible and being held accountable to the engagement of the on-site team members and the technology that I'm implementing. And it's like pulling teeth. Like I'm calling them and I'm emailing them and I'm trying to get them to log into these systems and they're not doing it. And to sit on a phone call with onsite team members and primarily maintenance team members and have them be so excited and emphatically telling me, I log in every day. I love this. <laughs> like that is so special to me. I, I just can't even describe it. It's really just, and surprising by the way, like obviously yeah. that's our mission and what yeah. we want to do, but you know, to actually see yeah. it happening is like, wow, this yeah. is, this is crazy. <laughs> 
Adrian, isn't that music to your ears, just hearing something like that about the maintenance team? I love it. There'll be so much that we could talk about when it comes to the maintenance teams, to the recognition. When you think about right, the leasing team inside, they're connected to the outside world, to the corporate world, because they're always back and forth with corporate office, regionals, vice presidents. The email, it's up and running all the time. So they see the emails coming through. It's easier for them to feel like they're part of you know, the culture, but it's harder for the maintenance team. They typically don't carry the phones around with their emails open up. And most of them don't even have like uh, company emails, right? Honestly, some companies only have one email that's generic maintenance or one email that's just for the service manager, but not all the team members have. And sometimes they have, they don't access them, they don't use them. So they're just out and about all day. So they're just kind of de- disconnected from this culture, right? So this is uh, definitely, Neida, music to my ears. A- and I-, I love that, you know, we're able to do that for, uh, for, our, uh, for our maintenance teams. And my question, before we go to the question, to another question, I do want to say to all of you that are on the call here with us today, you're hanging out with us. Remember that our great friends from Apartment Snapshot are offering a $50 gift card. And then the lucky winner is going to be picked from those of you that are here with us now and they're typing up their name and the location where they're from, right? So in the message box, in the comments box, just type in your name now and the locations where you're from or where you're currently located at. So we're going to pick the lucky winner from those of you. Uh, and again, thanks for uh, thanks to our partners for the great partnership for being our sponsors and also for offering free money today. Uh, yeah. And we had a winner last week, so we're actually giving the money out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's real, folks. By tomorrow, you'll you'll learn the winner. Yes. And yeah, Savannah does that like you know wheel of fortune type of thing to where picking the winner. I love it. I absolutely mm-hmm. love. it. We're gamifying the podcast. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh, reports, right? Who gets excited about reports? I know I don't. Most available reports are very static. You know, weekly, monthly, annual, quarterly reports. You go to Yardi or Entrada or whatever, pick your generic report or customized report. How about if we would imagine a way, or maybe there's a way that's already imagined to where we get data in real time. In other words, if I want to rank myself as a maintenance tech against other maintenance techs to see how many tickets we have completed, how do I stack against my peers, like my coworkers here at the property, or maybe across the company? Where am I situating myself as far as performance? How does my uh, company? Uh, how does my property do uh, in general? What's the occupancy? You know, what's the vacancy loss? What's the income, right? And how do we compare against our sister properties in real time? Like literally, you could pull your phone and on an app, it's the thing that tells you immediately where you're uh, where you're at. You know, you know, in a process. So, Savannah, is that a possibility? Is that something that? the industry should have? Is that something that exists out there as far as technology to give us data in real time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the data in real time is still a tricky issue, right? Uh, There's always 
with the integration of like it's one day behind, right? Um, type of situation, which I think is something the discussion has been started. The ball has been pushed. It's rolling slowly, but it's rolling. Um, and I think that will be the, the challenging part for apartment snapshot. We are in most cases a day behind because we're integrating with these systems who have um, restrictions on how frequently we can pull the data. But to the extent we can be real time, we are showing that data in the palm of their hands at any point in time, not only their personal performance, but how they benchmark against other properties. We can pull in submarket data to see how you're benchmarking against the submarket. And we can also see asset performance too. So the KPIs dry are driven by the property, uh, the team members, and those are only metrics that are controllable by them that they can move the needle on. And then there's the asset statistics where if you're going on a property tour and you want to see, you know, what's the exposure for this property or how many visits have they had in the last day or, you know, whatever statistics you want to see is right there in the app and it can be shown. Um, and we're also working on some innovative ways to create reporting. Um, it's not available yet, but I think it's it's also important, you know, to understand how social media changes us and changes our attention span. It changes the way we want to ingest information and it changes a lot. It changes our culture and um, how we interact with each other. And I think dashboards and, you know, I might get some hate mail for this, um, but dashboards and PDF reports and Excel reports emailed are, are a dying breed. You know, I think we're trying to implement ways to report where it's more story format with short slides that have um, are tied to real data and have visual facts and have an AI engine that's driving based on inter like that are interactive. People can like it or answer a poll or put a comment on it. And based on those interactions, they can be um, modified the information that's being presented to people based on what's important to them and what they're looking at or what they're engaging with. And so those are some things that we're brainstorming right now on how to address the needs of people based on the changes that they have and how they prefer to ingest information. You know, now with TikTok and Instagram stories and Instagram reels, like videos more preferable than static and short clips of information that slides by quickly is better than staring at one, one sheet trying to look at all of the different information. And so um, I think I think there will be an evolution to reporting and how we look at reporting and how we ingest that information uh, that is way different than your the old way, the typical way, the the dashboards and PDF reports and the 
PowerPoints and Excel sheets and all of that. Got to keep up with the times. That's absolutely. Our brains are wired different now. (laughs) So different. So different. Yeah. And a lot of times when I see people still doing things like the old way, I'm like, oh my gosh, why? (laughs) Technology, you know, technology, use it. Yeah. Could you imagine if you went on to Insta right now and somebody posted uh, like, you know, eight and a half by 11, uh, like rectangle dashboard with a bunch of different images on it and was like, check this out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I think about we've come a long way in HR from paper applications. People would have to apply in person for a job where nowadays they just apply online and it's all in a database and so much easier for everyone. It's easier for the candidate, for, for the recruiters. So it's all about the experience and keeping up with the times. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. Since, like I mentioned, I'm the HR girl. I'm all about the people, the career stuff and all of that. If someone wants to get a career opportunity in tech, what type of skills, experience do they need? There's definitely like I don't have any formal education in technology my degree is in finance and I got into technology by accident so I think especially in this you know new age world where our generations are coming up being tech enabled from day one um, that if you have technology skills and you are a fast learner then you can get in just like multifamily, you know, get in at the entry level and just ask questions and get involved and keep learning, keep evolving. I mean, that's what technology is all about, right? It's a very, it should be a very empathic career path, right? Like you, you're solving problems, which means you need to listen and you need to learn and you need to understand other people and what like their the psychology of other people and the pain points of other people and all of that. So if you have the capacity to to listen and to learn, then I think it's, you know, other than that, it's just the hustle, right? <laughs> yeah. What does it look like? What does what does the prop tech uh, environment looks like in 2024, 2025? What trends do you see? What exciting stuff do you, do you see coming our way in in the multifamily uh, industry from a tech perspective? Um, I think the the biggest thing is uh, from my perspective, like I said, the ball's already rolling is solving our data issue and solving our integration issues. I think um, having prop tech companies, work together to, you know, if you, if you solve this one particular problem really well, and I solve that particular problem really well, how can we work together to make that experience better for our mutual clients? Right. And I think that will make the difference. Um, a lot of technology, if they don't start listening and um, paying attention to actual pain points and actual workflows, uh, they will not survive, right? And um, I think 
that our industry is speaking very loudly and clearly and maybe louder than it has historically on what exactly their issues are. You know, um, I know I keep uh, referencing other um, other people talking about this, but um, I think recently watched something where someone said that a big pain point for them is when technology gets bought off by the big companies, right? They, they choose a technology and then they get invested in that technology and then it gets bought and then they don't necessarily, the whole company changes, the partnership that they had changes. And so I think, um, I think that I'm not quite sure how it will iron out. Like a lot of these are big things that need to be tackled. But I think in the next two, three, five years, um, they are what needs to be tackled and more collaboration needs to happen amongst the suppliers to provide holistic solutions to um, our clients. What would you say to a company CEO, because a lot of times we'll hear this, oh, we don't have the money. We don't have the budget for that, right? Technology, it's so expensive, or we don't need that right now, or, you know, there are different reasons why. What would you say to CEOs who are not investing in their technology? It's probably putting you at risk. If I mean, I understand it's difficult to invest in technology for multiple reasons. One, it's expensive. Two, you never really, it's it's risky because of all of the factors that we've discussed on this call. Um, it, you don't know if you're going to really get much out of it, right? Um, or if it's going to work for you or your teams. But if you're if you're not investing in your technology, then you're not investing in your people's ability to it's, it should be, if you're investing in the right technology, it should be a force multiplier, right? Um, it should allow your teams to do more with less. And in a time where we need to do more with less, it's important to, to even show your team members that you're willing to invest in their success by implementing, spending the, you know, investing the time and the money to make sure that you're carefully evaluating and implementing technology that are solving their pain points and that are taking things off of their plate so that they can be better at their job. And if you do it correctly, like I said, it's a force multiplier. It will help your teams be more effective at their job and more knowledgeable about what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they can do it better. And so that, that would be my takeaway of it's, it, it can be, there's a lot of analysis paralysis that goes into it. There's so many options and so many technologies that make so many promises and it can be really intimidating. But if you take the time to, and, and you don't have to do it alone either. Like I said, it should be a collaborative process and involve the team members that are, are the ones having the pain points and give them, empower them to have a voice and, in what you're implementing and and if you do it correctly it will it should pay itself back 
Savannah, it was so great to have you hanging out with us today. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Thank you for being a friend and a partner. Yes. Thank you for the free money. I can't yeah. wait to see who's going to win the $50 gift card. Mm -hmm. uh, any closing thoughts? No, it was so fun to hang out. Keep it real. Yeah. If, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Savannah, wants to get, in, uh, get a hold of you, what's the best way? What are some ways to contact you? Yeah. Um, my email is Savannah at apartmentsnapshot.com. Hit me up. I might regret saying that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I am also on LinkedIn. You can find me. Um, I post a lot about the multifamily hangout. So if you follow this podcast, then you should be able to find me. Um, we also have um, apartment snapshots on LinkedIn. You can find us there. And uh, pretty much it. I'm, you know, I'm other places as well, but not as much as LinkedIn. So that's probably the best way. In closing, we would like to thank again our partners from Apartment Snapshot. Uh, thank you all that you uh, you hung out with us today uh, in audience, right? Uh, we're going to take a break next Thursday. It's Thanksgiving. So think about things that you're thankful for. And we're really thankful for you, for you all you know, taking an hour out of your busy day to be here with us. It's a big deal. We know it's a big deal. It's not easy to break away from your daily stuff to be here with us. So we're very, very appreciative, all of us. Uh, and I do want to give you a preview on the next week, or on the week, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, which is November the 30th, right? The first time we're announcing our next guest, the one and only Tony Souza. Stay tuned. That's going to be a fantastic hangout. <laughs>